East Timon or Timor, East Timor. Anybody know where East Timor is? That was good. It's east somewhere, right? East Timor. Anybody? Nobody? All right. I wasn't exactly sure where this one was either, but um, whoever just said Australia was very close. Um, It is kind of uh, the islands of Indonesia there, Um, you know, the east islands, right? The east islands. So uh, right there between Papua New Guinea and uh, Australia, so be in prayer for East Timor, population 1.3 million people there, and uh, I found this very interesting because Indonesia is very predominantly uh, Muslim um, and Buddhist and things there, but East Timor is almost 98% Roman Catholic, um, and so very predominant uh, Catholic influence there, and uh, so be in prayer for, for that country. And then our missionaries of the week are John and Debbie McLennan, McLennan? wish I could say it the way he says it, McLennan, um, from Scotland, and a uh, missionary there in Scotland, and God just continued to use uh, John and his wife and his family there, so continue praying for them. Uh, been ministering there for many, many years uh, there in Scotland. And then we have uh, Miss Anne Dreisbach. Miss Dreisbach is in uh, Suriname, which Suriname is uh, right there on the north part of uh, South America. Um, and uh, Suriname there, she has been ministering there for many, many years. Uh, she also works as a nurse, and she goes uh, up and down the rivers in uh, canoes and boats and things and goes to villages and, and tries to minister uh, through medical uh, and uh, then also trying to give the gospel and things like that. And so um, just a really neat ministry that she has there. And uh, so be in prayer for Miss Dreisbach and, uh, and then also the McLennans in Scotland and uh, East Timor, right? So be in prayer for those. Okay. All right, anybody, anyone have any questions or anything this evening before we get into our study tonight? Anybody have any questions or anything? Nothing tonight? All right. Um, Well, we're going to try to finish this up uh, this evening. And uh, we've been looking um, at the sanctity of life now for a couple weeks and want to try to finish that up uh, tonight and uh, continue on through our our series here. Um, And uh, last week we were kind of looking at how to respond to, um, you know, uh, abortion, uh, the pro-life, pro-choice, all that uh, type of movement. And uh, we were just kind of getting into this uh, last week um, and really wanting to obviously, first of all, respond with clarity, uh, making sure that we're clear on what, what we mean when we talk about we are uh, pro-life. Um, we, we believe that the Bible teaches that life begins at conception. Um, it's not, you know, when you hear a heartbeat, although I'm very much for the heartbeat bill, um, it's not that life begins at birth, although very much for birth. Uh, But that's not when life begins. We believe the Bible teaches that life begins at conception. And uh, and so we want to be very clear in our terms, but also, I mean, even, again, even science um, uh, helps us to see that 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 child is is a living human being, uh, even in the womb. Uh, I mean, uh, we we looked kind of through that last week at uh, at how just even uh, right after conception, you have all of the... Uh, you have all the different chromosomes and things like that, um, and then when the baby's heart starts pumping and how the bones begin to grow, I mean, just all of those uh, different things, and of course, again, this is uh, all of stuff that, that, science, um, that science backs up, right? Um, and even why many of these uh, Planned Parenthood, abortion clinics, things like this, why they don't want to uh, show people ultrasounds. Uh, because they, they've found that uh, 84% of mothers will decide not to have an abortion after they see an ultrasound um, because they begin to see that that is an actual human being. It is, it is a real life. Uh, it's not just a clump of cells or something like that. Um, and so um, there's, there's many different uh, stories and things that we could share, but we just, we just don't have time tonight. Um, but even, even the abortion industry agrees though they won't say it, um, 
it was very interesting. Somebody was talking to me last week after this service, and um, they were telling me, he said, isn't it interesting that um, if a woman is pregnant and the woman is killed, the person that goes on trial does not go on trial for murder. They go on trial for double murder. Now, why is that? If that's not a, if that's not a human being, how can, you, how can you try someone for double murder? But yet, the, the, the courts will do that, right? The, you, the mom and the baby have both died, so you're going to go on trial for double homicide, double murder. But it's not a baby. Um, we have a problem there, <laughs> right? That's like, that's like speaking out of two sides of your mouth, right? Uh, it's not a baby, but if it dies, then it is a baby. And so you're going to go on trial for double murder, right? Um, again, the primary goal of the abortion industry is to conceal the reality of what their real work is. And of course, they try to, they try to downplay or deny the humanity of the babies that they, um, but they kill. But there was a gentleman, a journalist by the name of David, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right or whatever, but his name was David DeLayden, DeLayden, something like that. And uh, basically he went undercover in a lot of these abortion clinics and d- took video and documentation and things. And this is, this is what uh, he actually ended up getting arrested because of the pushback from all of it and everything. But this is what he said. Um, he discovered that Planned Parenthood routinely alters the method of performing an abortion in order to obtain the baby's organs, which are then sold for research. Um, in this series uh, that he did, uncovering these with these videos and things, um, he recorded executive um, Planned Parenthood people specifically acknowledging, and one executive stated this, we've been very good at getting heart, lung, liver, because we know that, and I'm not I'm going to crush that part. I'm going to basically crush below. I'm going to crush above, and I'm going to see if I can get it all intact. That's a quote. Now, again, if if the heart and the liver and the lungs and all these organs, if it's just a if it's just a mass of cells, then then why are they trying to save these different things, right? If it's just removing a clump of cells, um. And this, this is what he says, if abortion is simply removing a clump of cells, as Planned Parenthood suggests, it's weird how clumps of cells magically become intact livers and hearts once it's time for Planned Parenthood to harvest that baby for cash. They're not concerned about people. They're concerned about themselves, right? Um, obviously, they did not take uh, this gentleman's exposure well. They called him an activist, an extremist. They claimed that he deceptively edited uh, these videos and things, which that was debunked. Um, and, and again, it's just they, they're trying to hide their whole purpose. They're saying, we care about moms. We care about women. They don't. They don't. All they care about is themselves, right? Um, and um, I mentioned but last week, there's a lady. Some of you may um, have heard of this lady. Her name is Abby Johnson. Uh, she was the former director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in southeast Texas. Um, and it was actually during uh, an abortion. Uh, she was actually in the room when an abortion was taking place, and they actually had the, um, the ultrasound uh, on the screen, and she was watching what was taking place. And it was because of watching the baby on the ultrasound during this abortion that caused her to, to quit her job. Uh, and to leave Planned Parenthood and to become uh, pro, pro-life. Uh, in fact, this is what she said. She said, I could see the whole profile of baby of 13 weeks, head to foot. She said, I could see the baby try to move away from the probe. Um, and she testified that this, this experience watching this just totally changed, uh, changed her life forever. Um, and so we, we have to understand, even though many times they'll say, you know, all, all we're concerned about is, is the women and things like that. That's, that's not. They're, they're concerned about money uh, and the profit that they're making off of these things, which, I, if I can be just plainly honest with you, that's grosser than anything they've ever done. That they're more concerned about money and using women and uh, unborn babies uh, to make a profit. That's, that's sad. That's disgusting, right? Um, so again, so how, how should Christians 
respond to this, right? Well, we have to respond with conviction. Um, we have to make sure that we understand what the Bible says. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 and 17, the Bible says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. How much more innocent can you get? I mean, you can't get much more innocent than, than, an, than an unborn baby, right? Um, and it's, it's very sad that, um, again, so many Christians are just, well, this isn't, this isn't a, an important issue. This isn't very important at all, you know? It's, it's, up, to, it's up to people. They, they make their choice. Well, I understand people have to make their choice, but there ought to be people standing up for right, standing up for truth, right? Again, if, if we truly believe that life is sacred, right, what does sacred mean? It belongs to God, right? Life is sacred. And if that life is, is a gift from God, then, then there ought to be somebody trying to stand for that life, right? Um, and, and again, there, there can't, you can't find anything more innocent than that of an unborn baby. Um, and um, you think about what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'll lay down my life. I'll lay down my life for you. Um, the abortion industry, the Planned Parenthood industry, that's all just the exact opposite uh, of what we find in Scripture. Um, and sometimes Christians who believe in the sanctity of life fail to express these truths with conviction. Um, instead, we just kind of downplay it. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and abortion advocates, they know this. Um, and uh, and they, they try to, to make uh, people feel guilty. Well, don't you care about the life of the mother? Don't you care about this person? Yes, we do, right? But we also care about the life of that baby, you know? Um, you know, you hear this, this whole movement, my body, my choice. Well, that's fine. Your body, you can have your choice. But the baby is not your body. The baby is its own body, right? The baby, that's, that's not your body, okay? Uh, that is a complete separate body that God has, has created. Yes, it might be inside the mother's womb at that time, but it is its own individual being. Uh, that is a human life that God has made, um, and, uh, and it is valuable. It is treasured to God, um, and so we have to be very careful um, that we, we respond with conviction, especially um, speaking for what the Bible says. Again, not, not just having our own opinions, because obviously people can be very emotional and, and things about stuff. And that's, that's okay. God has given us emotion. But we have to stand on the Word of God. We have to have a biblical worldview. Not just a feeling, not just emotion, but it has to go back to what does the Bible say. Um, um, man, i gotta, I got to move kind of quickly through some of this stuff. Um, again, these are just some things that many times we, we don't hear about. Um, uh, there was one, uh, this gentleman, uh, some of you might know the author by the name of Randy Alcorn, um, he wrote a book about some of this. Um, he read a newspaper editorial arguing that abortion is just another surgery. It's no different from a root canal or an appendectomy. Um, but he says, but why don't people remember the anniversary of their appendectomy 20 years later? Uh, why don't they find themselves weeping uncontrollably, giving the loss of their appendix? Uh, where are all the support groups and counseling for those who've had root canals? Um, he says, Dr. Patricia Coleman, professor of the Human Development and Family Studies at Bowling Green State University, analyzed the outcomes of 22 uh, scholarly research papers on women, mental health, and abortion. The research involved over 877,000 women. Okay, so this is not just 10 women or anything. Um, and she states that 81% of females who had an abortion were found to be at an increased risk for mental health problems, including depression, alcohol abuse, and suicidal behavior. Now, again, think about that. If it's just another routine surgery, why is there such an increase in, in that, um, depression and things like that, right? Um, and so in spite of the biblical clarity on life, um, there is great harm done through this. Um, again, think about 
what the Bible says in James chapter 4, verse number 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it is sin. Right? Um, we know that this is, this is a life. We know that this is a, this is a person that God has created. Um, and obviously they don't have a voice. And so we, we have to stand for, for right. Um, in uh, Genesis 4.10, and he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Uh, you think about how God says that even uh, Abel's blood cried out from the ground after Cain killed him. Uh, we talked about this last week. There's over 1.3 million abortions every year in the United States. 1.3 million. Okay? Uh, you think about all of the, the instant life that has been taken. Uh, and again, we talked about this. This is not something new. This is something that has gone on and on and on and on in history. Uh, this, goes, this is something that has always been. Um, but the Bible does use very strong language about our responsibility to speak for those who are uh, unjustly oppressed, those who cannot speak for themselves. Um, in Proverbs 31.8, he says, Open thy mouth for the dumb in the cause of all such as are appointment, appointed to destruction. So we are to take a stand for those who, who cannot speak. Uh, in Psalms 94.16, Who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Or who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? God says, who, who's going to take that stand? Um, and that, that has to be Christians, right? So how do we do that? Well, I think very importantly, again, as we, we look in Scripture... Jesus says we are to speak the truth, but we are to speak it in love. Um, and Jesus is the, the greatest example of how to deal with issues, to, how to deal with people. Um, and I think that is exactly what Jesus does, and Jesus does it with compassion. And as Christians, we, we have to respond with compassion. Um, again, it's, it's not that we hate people. You know, We don't hate anybody that has ever had an abortion. Right? We don't hate them. Um, we don't, we don't look down our nose at them and think that somehow they are any less than anybody else. Not at all. Um, we care about them. Um, and we, we may, uh, some may even understand the hurt that they're going through, uh, through that. Um, and so we want to encourage them. We want to help them and show them the love of Christ. Uh, just like we were talking about, uh, this morning, Jesus Christ is greater than all of that. Um, and Jesus Christ can forgive that. And so we want to, we want to respond with compassion um, um, that's the only thing that's really going to do that. So how, how can we respond as Christians? How can we respond with, with compassion? What are, what are some things that we can do as Christians to respond with compassion? Ms. Rachel? What's that? Listen. Okay, we can listen. Um, obviously they, they have a story, there's something that's going on. Um, you know, we can listen to, to what's, what's going on in their life, right? What else? Ms. Terry? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, there ought to be Christians willing to try to try to help um, through that time. And again, a, a lot of the time, I think if you'll look, you'll find that most of those that are contemplating abortion are young mothers. Um, you know, and they're, they're wondering, you know, hey, what's life going to be ahead of me? Um, you know, how, how's this all going to work out? And so, you know, the world and these other things just tell them, well, the easiest way is just to, to have an abortion, just, just to don't worry about it, right? Um, and so there ought to be Christians uh, that are willing to listen, that are willing to come alongside. And um, I mentioned before, there, there are different groups that, um, that when they find where people are having abortions and things, they'll go and they'll ask the, the, the women, hey, can we just pray with you before you go in? Um, they, they don't try to be condescending. They don't try to be mean. Uh, they just say, hey, can, can we pray with you? Can we talk with you uh, before you go in? Um, there's a group, um, what is it called? I think it's... Um, is it save the storks or something like that or whatever, but they offer like free ultrasounds. Um, and they, they again, because they, they know that if, if they can have, um, if they can help that mother have an ultrasound and see the baby that 84% of the time that, that they'll decide not to have an abortion. Is that what it's called? Is it, does anybody know if that's what it's called? Is it save the storks or something like that? No, this is just, this is just one that's, it's all out throughout the United States. Um, but they set up like mobile, they'll set up mobile um, 
uh, ultrasound places uh, in, uh, in like these type of vehicles that they'll go around and help, help mothers to be able to um, have those ultrasounds done and things like that. Um, right? what, what's, other, what's something else that can be done? Okay. Assistance, trying to help them with different things, right? Yeah, and, and some, and, you know, obviously I just, I, I'm, I read different accounts and stories and things, but a lot of, uh, even some what I, what I see is some just, um, they don't really know what to do, right? They don't know what to do, but all they hear is one side. All they hear is what the world says. The world just says, have an abortion. The world just says, have an abortion. And they don't hear anything else. And so then the natural thing is to have an abortion. Um, and so there, there needs to be the people that are willing to help um, and say, hey, there, there, is, there are other alternatives. You don't have to do this, right? Um, and uh, I think one of the things, obviously, we can do is we can pray. Um, we ought to pray, especially if you, um, if you know someone who's struggling with that. They're, they're contemplating maybe having an abortion or something. You ought to pray for them. Uh, pray for them as much as you can. Try to encourage them. Um, and uh, pray for them about the choices, um, and even have the church and other Christians uh, be praying for them, uh, trying to find counselors that can interact with them and try to help them. Um, again, is it, is it ultimately their choice? Yes, absolutely. It's ultimately their choice, but we want to make sure that they have both sides of the story, not just, uh, not just what the world is, is saying. Um, but we even need to pray for, pray for lawmakers um, to really understand what is at stake when they consider uh, legislation in protecting innocent life. Um, and uh, again, it's, it's sad when you have lawmakers that are um, you know, applauding abortions and, and the deaths and um, you know, uh, of babies and things. That's, that's, a sad, that's a sad situation that our country has come to. Again, it's, it's not that we should be surprised by it. That's just the way the, the world is, right? That's the way the world is going. Um, but we ought to pray that God would uh, work in those who are in power um, and help them make right decisions uh, about uh, important issues like this, right? Uh, obviously, we can speak up um, uh, when, when people you know uh, are, are voicing maybe pro-abortion sentiment, um, you know, then we can also speak up and say, hey, God, God loves that child. Um, and that child is precious in the eyes of God. Uh, God, God has a, a very specific purpose and plan for that child. Um, and, and we want to do what we can to try to help. And so we can speak up. And uh, again, speaking out for, uh, for the needs of, of pregnant women and single moms. Um, obviously, there, there are different uh, community groups that help with that. Um, I know there, like here in Eaton, there's Birthright of Eaton and things, and uh, other towns have different areas trying to help uh, young mothers and things. And uh, listen, that's, can I say, it's, it's not wrong for Christians to be involved in those things. Uh, Christians ought to be involved. Uh, there ought to be people that are willing to take and, and help some of these uh, young, young mothers-to-be and, and help them through some of this thing and let them know that there are people that really do care about them and they care about uh, the child there. Uh, because, again, the abortion clinics, do, they don't care about the woman. They don't care about the child. They don't care about either one. Um, all they care about is themselves, and we ought to um, speak up and let them know. And so, um, you know, if you have an opportunity to get involved in, in one of these areas, man, I would encourage you to do that, you know. Uh, find out, hey, is there, is there ways that we can be involved somehow? Uh, because there ought to be Christians taking a stand and, and speaking up and saying, hey, uh, this is right, and, and God, God cares about you, God loves you, God loves your child, um, and, uh, and so we can speak up about it, uh, obviously, and um, there is fostering and adopting, um, and uh, again, that's, um, 
I know there's many people that have been involved in that. Some here in our church have been involved in that as well. And I think that's, I think that's great. Um, it's, it's sad that, um, <laughs> it's, again, this just shows how the, the world is, right? Um, when you can go in and, and the government will pay uh, for you to have an abortion and end the life, but if you have families that want to save that life and adopt that, li- adopt that child and protect that child, then you have to pay. Right, and it's not cheap either. Do you know anything about adoption or uh, fostering or things like that? It's it's not cheap. Um, and and again, our, we we've got the our our values are flip flopped. Right? Um, it, it ought to be you know, hey, if man people are willing to adopt and foster and uh, and things like that, then there ought to be uh, it ought to be a whole lot cheaper. I mean, it's it's sad that. Um, an adoption in, in the United States can cost anywhere from eight to forty thousand dollars. You imagine that? Um, but yet, a a typical abortion could be about four or five hundred dollars, if even that. Um, and and again, that's that's where uh, it's important that uh, Christians be involved. And um, you know, there there's a great need for that. And I I understand. I know that. Um, you know, I know that there are some people that are in foster care that aren't aren't kind people. I, I understand that. I get that, right? Um, you know, but but there's a lot of people that really do care, and there's a lot of people that would um, adopt children and things like this. Um, I just got a I got a, a letter the other day, um, and I thought it was very interesting, especially with what we're going through now. A letter from somebody saying we're trying to adopt, and uh, we're because of how expensive it is. Uh, you know, trying to keep, you know, agencies out of it. And so trying to deal with just an individual. So they said, Hey, if you, if you know of anyone that, um, is thinking about having an abortion or they're wanting to put their child up for adoption or something, uh, would you please let us know? We would, we would, we want to, we want to adopt. We want to, uh, to help someone. And, uh, you know, that was just, that was just a letter that I got in the mail and they just sent it to the church. Hey, if you know of somebody, we please let us know. Please contact us, right, Ms. Terry? Well, I think there is already. I think that's what that birthright of Eaton is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's just they, they need people to volunteer to help with it. They need people to be willing to be a part of it. Um, sometimes they'll need, they need diapers, they need wipes, and things like that to be, to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, and I, again, I, I don't, I don't know the whole history and everything of how things have necessarily gone on in the States, but it, it seems like they're, um, it's almost like, you know, Christians are supposed to stay out of all of this, you know, Christians shouldn't have a part in this. Um, and, and really Christians ought to, um, uh, Christians ought to have a part in this. We ought to be looking to see who we can, uh, try to help, who we can try to show that compassion to. Uh, again, it's not. Look, we, we don't hate these people. We're, we're not condemning them. Uh, that's, that's not what we're doing at all. We want to help them. Uh, we want to ha- try to help save that life. Um, and, uh, but we have to, to kind of know what's going on. And uh, I mean, even in, our own, even in our own city, as small as Eaton is, um, I, I think we would be quite surprised at um, the need, even here, even here in town. Mm-hmm. What was that? Oh, yeah. 
Um, and you know, that's why it's that's why it's important that we we are praying. That's why it's important that we're speaking on it, maybe adopting, fostering. And people say, well, I just don't know if I could. Uh, you know, I don't know if I could afford that. Well, if if that's something that the Lord uh, leads somebody to do, I think I think He's gonna He's gonna take care and supply, especially if. Uh, if that person is trying to help to, to save uh, a child's life that is precious in the eyes of God, um, I think God's going to help uh, in that area too. Um, and so obviously even trying to, to educate, helping people understand um, you know, what, what abortion is, um, others who think that it's you know, too big of a fight to get involved in. Um, again, it's, it's having that biblical worldview and sharing biblical truths um, about the sanctity of life. Um, yes, there's the scientific aspect as well that can, that can back it up, but um, really just having a, a good foundation in what does the Bible say about life? Why is life so valuable to God? Um, and um, it's, it's um, I, I can't remember who it was that said this. Um, I want to say it was one of, our, one of our past presidents or something that he said, the only people that are for abortion are those who have already been born. Was that Ronald Reagan? Um, and think about that, because, again, that, that child does not have... She, he or she cannot fight for themselves. Um, it's, it's easy to just say, well, hey, just have an abortion, but um, I think all of us would be able to say, hey, I'm glad that didn't happen to us, you know? Um, and, uh, and so it's, it's important that we, we help people. And then obviously, um, you know, uh, we can vote. There's political issues that amount to um, many different things. But uh, obviously there, um, there are uh, people in, in political offices that, that hold right views. Again, I'm not saying they're all Christian. Um, I wish I could say that many of these politicians were Christians. I highly doubt that many of them are. Uh, but there are some that at least they hold the right views on some th- certain things, um, and some even holding the right view of, of life um, and wanting to protect life and things. And so uh, that's why, again, it's, it's so important for Christians to be involved um, in, in voting and things. Um, we have um, in the state here, the, uh, in, I think it's in November with the elections, the, uh, one of the major issues is with the Ohio Supreme Court. Um, the lady that is the chief justice right now um, is just, you know, uh, she, let's just say she does not have a biblical worldview, right? Um, I'm sorry? Yeah, uh, she, has, she has no biblical worldview. Um, and, and so there are some of the justices, and in fact, one of the ladies, one of the ladies that's going to be running for the chief justice, uh, Sharon Kennedy, uh, I've been able to hear her, her, um, her testimony and, um, about her life and where she came from and, and what she believes in things. And um, I, I don't know if the, if the lady's a Christian or not. I, I really don't. But um, I know there are many of these that are wanting to stand for life. They're wanting to uh, stand for many of these biblical principles that we hold to. But if there aren't Christians that are willing to, to vote and, and to do these things, then all we can expect is things just to continue to get worse and worse. Um, and, uh, and that's why it's important for Christians to be able to take a stand, um, not only to speak truth and to show compassion, but also to, to try to make sure that we have right people in power. Um, and uh, there's nothing wrong, as, as we've looked in Scripture, with Christians being involved in, in politics and voting and things. Yes, we, we honor those that God has put into power, uh, but especially in our country, we have, uh, we have the ability to choose this is not a, uh, well, not yet, it's not a dictatorship, and it's not just a king who just decides that he's going to be in power. Um, you know, we, we're able to vote, and, and we ought to, whether it's for the president, whether it's for uh, our state, whatever these things are. Um, and that's why it's so important, because, um, you know, this is a way for us to take a stand for the things of God, um, and uh, to let our voice be heard, that, that we want to stand for right. Um, and so, again, it's not, um, it's not that we're just trying to say, well, hey, we're better, we're better than everybody else. We're not. We, we understand, right? We are sinners saved by grace. Not one of us is any better than anybody else, right? Not one of us. We are all sinners. That's why when you saw it, when it says, these six things doth the Lord hate, right? Did you notice what the first two were? A proud lip and lying tongue. 
Um, I think we can all raise our hands on both of those. Proud and liars, right? All of us are, right? So it's not that somehow we're saying we are better than anybody else and we look down our nose at people uh, that don't agree with the same things that we agree with. No, no, no. Um, not at all. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's the, one of the privileges that we have of, of living in this country. Um, we, we believe that, look, we have the right to believe how, however you want. You can believe however you want, but I can also believe however I want. And I believe that the Bible is very clear, and the Bible teaches certain biblical principles. Um, and it's not that I'm saying that somehow we are better than anybody else, because we're not. We're just looking at what the Bible says and saying this is what God clearly has stated in his word, that life is sacred. Uh, and we believe that life begins at conception. Uh, and, and we want to help take a stand uh, for life. And uh, obviously we know that, that, uh, that the devil is trying to, to destroy life. Uh, again, think about it from the very beginning, from creation. The very first thing um, that the devil tries to do is to get Adam and Eve to sin against God. Right? Separating man from, from God because of sin. And then when, when he does that, what's the next thing he does? He tries to put sibling against sibling, and then Cain goes out and kills his brother. Um, and so the devil, is he just continues to try to, um, to put man front and center. It's all about me. It's all about self. Um, and really, we need to say, look, it's, it's about God and what God says and holding to, to his word. Um, and um, I, like, I like this verse in uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Um, it says, Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. This is what's, this is what's really fascinating, right? Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, became that little baby. Jesus Christ, God himself chose to, to come to this earth, not in, not in splendor and glory, but to come as, as a baby and to live nine months inside of his mother's womb and then to be born and then to submit to his parents. I mean, you, you think about what Jesus has done and to live that perfect life, and yet he says he was the express image of God. He comes as that little baby, and that little baby is so precious, just as every baby is, precious in the eyes of God. And he says, when he upholds all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, he came for a reason. He came to forgive us of our sins, to die on the cross so that we could be saved. And just as Jesus Christ had a purpose in his birth, so does every child. God has a purpose for their life. Doesn't matter what country they're from, doesn't matter where they're at, God has a purpose for that child's life. And we want them to know that God has a purpose for their life. We want them to know that Jesus loves them and that Jesus died on the cross to save them from their sins so they can know him. And, um, and that's, that is, that's the most important thing. And so we have, to, um, we have to have conviction in this and be willing to stand for it, but also we need to make sure we have compassion um, and show the love of Christ to those around us because that is the most important thing. Yes, we want to, to help save a child's life, but more importantly than that, we want to help them know that Jesus loves them and that he can save them from their sin just like he saved us. And uh, to have that home in heaven, to be with him for all of eternity. And uh, that's, that's the most important thing, right? Anybody have any quick question or anything? Um, any comment or anything on, as we finish up here tonight? Yeah, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I heard that. In fact, um, who was that um, that actually came out and said that a heartbeat is not a heartbeat? It is a. Um, yeah, Stacy Abrams um, came out and said 
the heartbeat that you hear on the ultrasound is not an actual heartbeat. It's just, what was it, rhythmic noise or something? Yeah. Yeah, no joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she came out and she said that the heartbeat that mothers hear on the ultrasound is not, is not a real heartbeat, but it's just like rhythmic noise or something from that's, you know. You can't make this up. Right? Miss Donna? And she also said that that was man. You see why it's important that we have the right people in, in, in power? I mean, for somebody to come out and, and say what, I mean, it's, it's, have you ever had a doctor put a stethoscope on you? Was that just rhythmic noise? Right? Was that just, well, that's just, a, that's just the man-made thing coming from the stethoscope. <laughs> I mean, come on. You, you, I got to be careful. I, I know this is being recorded and I don't want to get in trouble, Miss Donna. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it's it's in there beating, right? Yep. Miss Rachel? Yeah. Hmm. If you adopt out of foster care? Mm-hmm. But what if you're not? What if you don't get out of foster care? The state still pays for it? You pay that out of your own pocket, right? Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Yep. Jim? Yeah, that's a good point. So that was that that was their premise to make abortion safe and rare. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. I, I, would, I would debate you on whether two of them could because I know this is actually being taught in the teen class as well. And so I guarantee you we probably have more than two that could give you a biblical, biblical definition of this. Because they're, they're being taught the very same thing, which is why I wanted to go through it in here because I know some of you have teenagers that are going through it in there and I wanted you to be on the same page with what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Miss Nita. And so many times when, because, you know, we taught our older girls, you know, they knew how we felt and we all fostered and all that. But when, um, but I know when Alina became pregnant and she knew that 
Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think that's, that's true as well. Uh, you know, my dad was saying that, the, you know, that these young people need to be taught, and uh, Miss Anita was talking about the same thing. But I, I think even um, going back to what is important, that they need to be taught God's plan, right? Uh, and God's plan is for a man and a woman to wait to have any type of sexual relationship until they are married. We say, well, that's not the way it is today. No, it still is the way it is today. That's what the Bible says, right? God's word hasn't changed. Man's, man's word has. Man's ideas have changed. Um, and, and we have to make sure that we're teaching in our homes, our children, look, God has a special plan for your life, and God has a husband or a wife for you, uh, but you wait. Uh, you wait until God brings you together as husband and wife, um, and, you know, it's unfortunately, so many homes are not being taught that. Um, and, and, you know, they're hearing things at school. They're hearing things at, with their friends. And they're hearing all this other kind of stuff. But they're not hearing mom and dad teach and say, hey, God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan for your life. God has a spouse for you. And you need to wait and keep yourself pure for that person. Look, purity is not a bad word. We have made purity into a bad word, Right? Uh, or virginity, that's a, that's a bad word. No, that's, that's a biblical word. Those are biblical terms. And, and we ought to teach our children. Now, again, I understand there's a, there's a right age to do that. Um, what they're teaching in first grade and kindergarten in these schools is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but there is a, there's a right time to teach children, uh, young people, hey, God has somebody for you, uh, and God has a plan. And, and look, uh, sexual... Uh, um, Sexual interaction and things, that's, that's part of God's design for marriage, not outside of marriage. Um, and so it goes back to not just teaching them about being pro-life and these things, but just teaching them what God's design is. This is God's plan. And what happens when you don't follow God's plan? You get all these other problems, right? Um, and so we've got to go back and say, this is what God's plan is. And when you follow God's plan, man, things work out a whole lot better. Uh, when we follow God's plan. Yeah. Miss Leslie, did you have something? That's amazing. That's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And that's, that's just, uh, man, I'm telling you, God's design is absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing, right? Um, that's just, it's incredible, right? Anybody else real quick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it, and I've heard, I've read part of her, her story and things. Pretty, pretty remarkable. And of course, the very people that were all her friends and everything, as soon as she got out, they all turned against her. Everybody turned against her, um, and now. You know, here she was high up. Now she, she's, she's an idiot. She doesn't know anything. She's, you know, like, well, you didn't have a problem with her two weeks ago. You know? Yeah. Miss Donna?
Wow. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's just, it's heartbreaking. to. And that's hard. It, honest, it's hard for us to even imagine that somebody could be so cold like that. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a quota to meet. Yeah. Yeah, and it's again, it's 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 sad to think that people could be that cold, just toward an individual. But it's it's because they don't they don't care about the person. All they care about is is their money and uh, and what they make off of it. And that's that's sad. But all right, well, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we do thank you for your word, and uh, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that as we study your word, we can get a biblical worldview. Uh, Lord, we thank you that your word never changes. Lord, I pray you to help us as Christians to show compassion. Lord, may we stand with conviction, but Lord, may we also uh, show compassion and the love of Christ, and uh, Lord, to try to help where we're able to. Uh, Lord, obviously this is a smaller community than a bigger city, but uh, Lord, we know even here there are people that are still hurting and needing to be shown the love of Christ, and I pray that you would give us opportunity uh, to do that, Lord, um, that we might be able to, to encourage, to, to help, uh, to show Christ's love. And uh, Lord, help us to be mindful of this and uh, Lord, to stand for truth and for what is right. And uh, we just thank you for your word, Lord. Bless as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to have the, uh, the men's meeting. And so uh, any of the men, we'll go over to the, uh, we'll go over to the fellowship.